Chapter 7 of The Prince and the Pauper. This is a LibriVox recording. LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Prince and the Pauper by Mark Twain. Chapter 7 Tom's First Royal Dinner. Somewhat after one in the afternoon, Tom Regensley underwent the ordeal of being dressed for dinner. He found himself as finely clothed as before, but everything was different. Everything changed from his ruff to his stockings. He was presently conducted with much state to a spacious and ornate apartment where a table was already set for one. Its furniture was all of massy gold and beautiful with designs which well nigh made it priceless since they were the work of benevuto the room was half filled with servitors a chaplain said grace and tom was about to fall to for hungry or had long been confidential with him but it was interrupted by my lord the earl of berkeley who fastened a napkin about his neck for the great post of diapers to the Prince of Wales was certainly in this nobleman's family. Tom's cup-bearer was present, and forestalled all his attempts to help himself to wine. The taster to his highness, the Prince of Wales, was there also prepared to take any suspicious dish upon requirement and run the risk of being poisoned. He was only an ornamental appendage at this time, and was seldom called upon to excuse his function. But there had been times, not many generous past, when the office of taster had its perils, and was not a grandeur to be desired why they did not use a dog or a plumber seems strange but all the ways of royalty are strange my lord darcy first groom of the chamber was there to uh, do goodness knows what but there he was let that suffice the lord chief butler was there and stood behind tom's chair overseeing the solemnities under command of the lord great steward and lord head cook who stood near tom had three hundred and eighty-four servants beside these but they were not all in that room of course nor that quarter of them neither was tom aware yet that they existed all those um, that were present had held within the hour to remember that the prince was temporarily out of his head and to be careful to show no surprise at his verities these verities uh, were soon on exhibition before him but they only moved their compassion and their sorrow not their mirth it was a heavy affliction to them to see the beloved prince so stricken poor tom ate with his fingers mainly but no one smiled at him or even seemed to observe it he inspected his napkin curiously and with a deep interest for it was of a very dainty and beautiful fabric 
then said with simplicity prithee take it away lest in mine unheedfulness it be soiled the hurriedly deeper took it away with reverent manner and without word or protest of any sort tom examined his turnips and the lettuce with interest and asked what they were and if they were to be eaten for it was only recently that men had begun to raise these things in england in place of importing them as luxuries from holland footnote it was not till the end of his reign henry eighth that any salads carrots or turnips or other edible roots were put in england the little of these vegetables that was used was formerly imported from holland and flanders queen catherine when she wanted a salad was obliged to dispatch a messenger thither on purpose hume's history of england volume three page three hundred and fourteen this question was answered with grave respect and no surprise manifested when he had finished his dessert he filled his pockets with nuts but nobody appeared to be aware of it or disturbed by it but the next moment he was himself disturbed by it and showed discomposure for this was the only service he had been permitted to do with his own hands during the meal and he did not doubt that he had done the most impious and princely thing at the moment the muscles of his nose began to twitch and the end of that organ to lift and wrinkle this continued and tom began to advise a growing distress he looked appearingly first at one and then the other of the lords about him and tears came into his eyes they sprang forward with dismay in their faces and began to know his trouble tom said with demure anguish i crave your indulgence my cruelly what is the custom and usage in this emergence for these speed for tis but a little time that i can bear it none smiled but all were sore perplexed and looked one to the other in deep tribulation for counsel but behold here was a dread wall and nothing in the english history to tell how to get over it the master of ceremonies was not present there was no one who felt safe to venture upon this uncharted sea or risk the attempt to solve this problem alas there was no hereditary scratcher meantime the tears had overflowed their banks and begun to trickle down tom's cheeks his twitching nose was pleading more urgently than ever for relief at last nature broke down the barriers of equit tom lifted up an imperative prayer for pardon if he was doing wrong and brought to relief to the burdened hearts of his court by scratching his nose himself his meal being ended a lord came and held before him a broad shallow golden dish with a fragment of rose water in it to cleanse his mouth and fingers with and my lord the hurdy dipper stood why uh, with a napkin for his use tom gazed at the dish a uh, puzzled moment or two then raised it to his lips and gravely took a draught 
and he returned it to the waiting lord and said nay it likes me not my lord it hath a pretty flavour but it waneth strength this new uncertainty of the prince's ruined mind made all the hearts about him ache but the sad sight to move none to a merriment tom's next unconscious blunder was to get up and leave the table just when the chaplain had taken his stand behind his chair and with uplifted hands and closed uplifted eyes was in the act of beginning the blessing still nobody seemed to perceive that the prince had done a thing usual by his own request our small friend was now conducted to his private cabinet and left there alone to his own devices hanging upon hooks in the oaken wainscoting were the several pieces of a suit of shining steel and armor covered all over with beautiful designs equestively inland in gold this martilla panoply belonged to the true prince a recent present madame parr the queen tom put on the greaves and the gauntlets the plumed helmet with such other pieces as he could don without assistance and for a while was minded to call for help and complete the matter but bethought him of the nuts he had brought away from dinner and the joy it would be to eat them with no crowd to eye him and no grand hearted trees to pester him with undesired services so he resorted the pretty things to their several places and soon was cracking nuts and feeling almost wholly happy for this time since god for his sins had made him a prince when the nuts were all gone he stumbled upon some inviting books in a closet among them one about the equinant of the english court this was a prize upon a sumptuous divine and proceeded to instruct himself with honest zeal let us leave him there for the present End of chapter 7 Read by Elijah Fisher